Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Texan Senior Residential Care Homes, ATD Painting, and Performance Food Group. Texan Senior Residential Care Homes, senior care at its best with a family atmosphere. They specialize in making their facilities as close to a home living experience as possible. Not only that, there are no movement fees and there are no visitation restrictions. They are located near I-635 in Marsh Lane in Dallas, right near Carrollton. For more information, you can call 469-400-7650. That is Texan Senior Residential Care Homes. And now, let's podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Brian Murphy and Taylor Raglan. On today's podcast, we are going to kind of combo this up a bit, talk a little bit of football, dip our toes in basketball for the first time in, a, in quite a while, including a look at a, kind of on the girls' side at what is shaping up to be perhaps the best district in the state. I don't think there's any question. We'll get there. <laughs> the best district we'll get there. ever? <laughs> But first, we are, uh, I guess, officially past the midpoint of the uh, high school football playoffs. We are into the fourth round, the regional finals slash state quarterfinals, and uh, we got a couple juicy matchups this weekend. So let's uh, let's preview those a little bit. Let's start with um, Brian, a game that I know has been on your radar for uh, for quite some time now, and the stars of a line probably since February <laughs> since we learned that Frisco Reedy had a chance to be a, a pretty a pretty quality program, and now it is uh, it is here. It's actually uh, going to have to wait an extra day because of the, uh, the, p- the possibility for bad weather on Friday. But uh, now rescheduled for 4 p.m. Uh, Saturday out at Northwest ISD Stadium, Reedy Alito. It's finally going down, Brian. Some people I've talked to at Reedy, they've had this you know, in the back of their minds and kind of marked on their calendars since before the season even started. Wow. Knowing when you know you have a third-year starter at quarterback, you have this big offensive line. You know what you have. You saw what your running back did last year as a, on the JV and knew what he was capable of uh, on the varsity level. And then a few games into the season, they were like, okay, some guys, people at Reedy were already thinking, hey, Alito's there in our region. You know, we have what it takes. We, we're built for this. You know, and then obviously along the way, beating the Colony, beating Lovejoy the way they did, beating Lake Dallas has kind of just kind of just proved that, you know, Reedy is the real deal and what they've done throughout the playoffs. You know, I, call me crazy. I, I, you know, I predicted last week that they would win by 30. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm making another prediction this week before we dive into, you know, our picks yeah. uh, on, on the picket line. But, you know, I, it's hard to pick against Reedy right now. They're, they're rolling. But they're playing the best yeah. team in the state. You know, a team. You know, a, a team that has had more success than Allen over the past decade. Six state titles since 2009. They three-peated mm. from 09 to 11. Okay. They won most recently in 2016. They lost by one last year to College Station in a thriller. I remember watching that game on on TV and. Man, Alito, Alito's scary good. Yeah, but they, they, they always are. They, they they match up kind of nicely with, with Reedy. Similar similar styles. Mm-hmm. You know, Reedy will run the ball a lot behind their offensive line. 
you know, a really big offensive line. I mentioned that quite a bit. You know, and Reedy, the last few weeks, they've been playing teams that run the triple option, wing tees type type stuff. They'll try and confuse you with all that. But with Alito, you know what you're going to get, but <laughs> they know what they have. They have mm-hmm. the superstar. So it's like, hey, we got Jace McClellan, best running back in the state. Try and stop him. You know, good luck. Rush for 300 yards uh, against Lovejoy. And I'm, I'm excited to see him play, mm-hmm. you know, because his numbers are just out of this world. Uh, yeah, I mean, even though Alito is a bit far out of our coverage sphere, we actually do have someone on this round table with a frame mm-hmm. of reference as having already seen Alito play. What up, Taylor? Yeah. You got to see Alito yeah. uh, just take it to Lovejoy back in the, uh, what, the second round of the playoffs? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, just as as Reedy ramps up for this huge game um, this weekend, just what do you, I mean, thinking back to when you saw Alito, just what is what do the Lions have in store for them? It's cliche, but, but it's just a machine. Yeah. Like, that's just... But, the, the vibe that I got from Alito the entire game was we're here to take care of business. We're not even going to deign to even really get up for this game. We're out here. We're going to go through. Not that Alito doesn't get up for playoff games. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. But it literally just looked like it was it was completely over before the ball was even snapped. Like there was no doubt, never any doubt how that game was going to end up. And the entire time, that's that's how it went. The Alito offense is a machine. Mm-hmm. The defense is more than capable. Jace McClellan is unbelievable. Uh, like you alluded to, I think 308 yards against Lovejoy. Almost had a 99-yard touchdown run. Who literally just kind of got tired after like 77 yards or yeah. so <laughs> and got caught. Um, but, I mean, how can you blame the guy when he you know ran for 308? Um, but, yeah, it, it's just every drive it seemed like, you know, they get the ball to 25, they're going to go 75 yards and score. And it's... It's it's pretty unbelievable. Jake Bishop, um, good enough under center. I mean, obviously, second fiddle to McClellan just because McClellan is so impactful mm-hmm. and, and such a superstar. But Jake Bishop's no slouch. Um, he can run the football. Uh, he's pretty dual threat. He's consistent. He's efficient. He does what he needs to do to run that offense. And then, you know, like you mentioned, when you can hand the ball to a guy like Chase McClellan, mm-hmm. no matter how good Reedy's defense is, he's going to get his yards. If, if Reedy is able to slow him down in a way that, you know, pretty much nobody has been able to, that'll be... Uh, that'll be a testament to Reedy really having something special because that guy has been a force. Mm-hmm. And, and when I saw him, that's what I was talking about before the podcast. He has the first thing that jumped out to me is is he has that kind of you can't teach somebody you know how to be patient and explosive. Like you kind of just have to know how to do that or, or have a feel for how to do that. And he is certainly that. You know he, he takes the handoff and he's almost kind of like in that slow motion, very deliberate. And then all of a sudden, fifty yards later. You know, he's scoring or, you know, he's down inside the red zone or whatever. And, and you're like, how did that even happen? Because he's just so so naturally talented and explosive. He's he's an animal. Yeah, Coach Cole told me yesterday when I spoke to him on the phone, he said, you know, point of emphasis, number one, is, is stopping McClellan. Obviously, they ran the ball over 50 times last week against mm-hmm. South Oak Cliff, a really good South Oak Cliff team. They only threw the ball seven times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was their closest test of the year. Mm-hmm. Granted, South Oak Cliff came into that ball game undefeated as well. Yeah. Uh, maybe I, I kind of went into that game when they played Frisco two weeks ago. I misunderestimated them. Uh, you know, but Lito only won 28-14. I don't know if, you know, if South Oak Cliff you know, just figured something out, or if, if Reedy can can expose more of that, what the the, the Bears were able to mm-hmm. do. Uh, I think Reedy's a better team than South Oak Cliff, so I'm expecting another close-ish game. Um, besides that game to South Oak Cliff, the only other uh, <laughs> meeting for Alito that was decided by fewer than 20 points was against Midlothian. Mm-hmm. That was a 19-point decision. Everything else for Alito this year has been 30, 40, 50, 60-point blowouts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, their, their, their wins have been impressive. You know, they're like Alabama, really. You know, they're, they're not playing competitive 
games in the fourth quarter. And same with Reedy. A lot of their games have been blowouts too. And Coach Cole alluded to that also when I talked to him. They haven't really faced that much adversity in games mm-hmm. this year. And so it's it'll be all about, you know, keeping our heads up when Alito makes these runs, when they, you know, if they score a big touchdown or if they take a lead or take a double-digit lead or whatever, because it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, Alito's going to punch you in the mouth. And Coach Cole said, Reedy's got to stay composed. Keep their heads up and don't freak out, you know, if they're down, you know, 7 nothing right off the bat or, or 14 nothing or, or whatever, you know, right off, right off the jump. So, um, yeah, Brian, where is um, where are you kind of leaning in this one overall and just where do you uh, just kind of talk a bit about what's, I guess, led you to uh, whatever decision you're picking for this game? Well, spoiler alert, I'm picking Reedy. Okay. Um, I'm the only one on the picket line, I believe, to pick Reedy this week. Understandable. Alito is, is... It's like picking against Allen. You just can't yeah, do it for sure. they give you a reason to. But uh, Rito, Reedy has given me a reason uh, to pick against Alito. I mean, they're 13-0. and 0. Uh, Reedy's awesome. I think they match up well, like I said, against this team. You know, last week you could look at a game like Solana-Argyle. Anything can happen in the playoffs. Similar situation. Uh, Argyle ranked number one in the state. Alito ranked number one in the state. Yeah. Salina really should have won that game. And Reedy is a much better football team this season than Salina. And they're more equipped to handle a team like Alito. And Salina took it to them you know, for most of that game. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, I don't think this is a David versus a Goliath type thing. It, it may look like it on paper to some, uh, you know, being that it is Alito. But I don't think it's as... You know, separated as as some would some would say, in the sense that like you have one program that is just this is just they've been there and done that for years versus Reedy, which everything that they experience week to week is brand new at this stage. And that's what I'm worried about because last year the the whole playoffs thing was so brand new and, and strange for Reedy that they lost to Lake Dallas in the yeah. first round. Reedy, I firmly believe they were a better team than Lake Dallas last season, mm. but they still lost that game because yeah. they just weren't ready for that stage, that playoff stage, and. And that's kind of what's worrying me now. They have they got that playoff experience last year. Now they've got a few wins under their belts because they're such a good team. Now you're in the fourth round, mm-hmm. you know, you know, uncharted waters here against a team that has literally been here every single season, you know, for the past ten years or so. Mm-hmm. That has won state six times. I think. You know, I will obviously Alito has the upper hand in that. But you know, I, I've, maybe I'm drinking the Reedy Kool Aid, and I, I think I think they can hang with these boys mm-hmm. and, and make it a game. Especially if it's in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. If it's close in the fourth quarter, Reedy I think has what it takes. Even though they haven't played many close games in the fourth. I was going to say, for me, it comes down to the fact that Reedy hasn't really been tested, and that's not their fault. I mean, it's kind of the Allen syndrome. Like, it's not your fault. You yeah. play who's in front of you, and, mm-hmm. and you can't help that you go out and beat Lovejoy fifty-one to nothing. Like, you play who you're playing, but at the same time, you know. The, the first Alito, if Alito gets the ball first and the first Alito possession is just, you know, an 80-yard grind fest full of McClellan and little, you know, passes from Bishop and it takes five minutes off the clock and bam, you're down 7 nothing. You're like, okay, you know, these guys are for real and this is a, this is a caliber above anything we've seen. It's going to be that moment where it dovetails into, you know, okay, we are good enough to respond mm-hmm. or you just fold to Alito. And, and it could go either way. I wouldn't be surprised if Reedy makes this a, a heck of a football game. But, I mean, I'm kind of with Matt. You just, it's hard to go against Alito, especially having seen just it's it's a well-oiled machine, man. It's it's something. In a game like this, I won't be surprised if Reedy pulls off a close one. And I won't be surprised, no offense, Reedy, if Alito also wins his, you know, by three scores. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't surprise me either because it is Alito. But... 
you know, anything can happen in, in this matchup, I think. It ought to be a, ought to be a fun one. I'm, yeah. I'm, glad we're, I'm glad we're getting this matchup. It's been on the radar all yeah. year, and it's nice to see that the stars have aligned to where we're actually going to get to see For sure. this, uh, this dream matchup. And hopefully the weather two, isn't too juggernauts. Because it was supposed to be Friday night at Pennington Field mm-hmm. in Bedford, and the weather's like 100% precipitation, nasty cold weather, wind. Saturday, not too much better, mm-hmm. but I think it's like a 50 to 70% chance of rain. So... Who knows? It's also supposed to be pretty, uh, pretty uh, rainy down in Waco, which is Ooh. which is where I'm going to be on uh, on Saturday for uh, another state quarterfinal game. This one between Allen and uh, Waco Midway, almost a home game for Midway. So that's I guess the nature of the now, did they of the coin flip. Oh, okay, so they won the flip. So, uh, so yes, it's it's the kickoff is going to be two o'clock from McLean Stadium, the same site as Allen's game last week against uh, the Woodlands. Looks like the weather should start clearing up around that time. So, fingers crossed, we're not going to get a a, a muddy uh, elements game or anything of uh, of that nature. Um, I'm, I'm I'm really looking forward to this game, especially after uh, just reading up a bit more on on Midway, and um, especially in, in the wake of what happened last week with Allen in the third round against against the Woodlands, a team that. Uh, Obviously, there was no shortage of emotion on that Allen sideline with a chance to avenge its uh, its last loss, um, you know, against the Woodlands uh, back in 2016. They were able to do so, but obviously met quite a bit of resistance in getting to that point, only winning by seven points. And you know, in route to that, they won 31-24. The 31 points. Um, and the 319 yards of offense by Allen, both season lows. So the Woodlands defense submitted a pretty impressive performance. Mm-hmm. And um, you know now we look ahead to uh, this matchup against Midway, which, listen, there's no getting around the uh, the subplot to this one, this being mm-hmm. the, uh, the quote-unquote Terry Gamble Bowl, a meeting between uh, Gamble's present-day squad, Allen, and his, uh, his former squad, uh, Midway. Uh, yes, prior to coming back to Allen, uh, Coach Gamble was the head coach at Midway for six seasons. Um, you know, back in the, I guess, the early uh, the early. He uh, he coached the uh, he coached the Panthers to a pretty successful uh, tenure over the course of six seasons, including a uh, a state title game appearance at the 4A level back in 2011, uh, and an overall record of 68 and 13. So plenty of success during his stay there. And um, yeah, he's obviously parlayed that into a pretty solid run so far at Allen, with Allen being the reigning state champions and whatnot. Um, but uh, you know, and it's, it's, he still keeps in touch with uh, with folks around the program. It's almost interesting to think now, in hindsight, that you know, back when you know a lot of the kids that they'll see on Saturday, you know, they're seniors, they were freshmen, mm-hmm. you know, back in during Gamble's final season in Waco, and he still remembers some of those kids. So you wonder if that'll play, uh, you know, play a, a role in Saturday's game. Um, but nevertheless, I think that uh, when you look at what the Woodlands was able to do, that kind of slowed down Allen to a degree that other opponents had not. And you look at kind of the strengths of this midway team, there's a chance that this could be a, uh, you know, a, a bit of a, a tricky one for uh, for Allen. As far as, um, you know, I, I thought I thought the Woodlands played Allen really well up front, and I think, I mean, I've said it forever, like that's, if you're going to have a chance against beating Allen, you have to, at the very least, be able to play them to a draw at the line of scrimmage on mm-hmm. both sides of the ball, and not just early on, I'm talking in the third, fourth quarter when the... Uh, yep. You know when when Allen's uh, when those two to three yard runs turn into five and six yard runs because Allen's offensive line is just goes up a level as the game as the game goes on and um, you know it sounds like that there's a chance that uh, you know the Woodlands has some strength in their uh, in their front seven um, you know guys like uh, you know their stud linebacker Marcus Johnson who's averaging almost 13 tackles a game <laughs> he uh, yeah he's got 154 on the season he has 68 more tackles than the next closest <laughs> teammate uh, Lance Jones um, you know Marcus Johnson's a standout. You know, in that front seven, their their top pass rusher Braden Ensley has got four sacks. 
Um, so, and then they've got a you know some pretty solid talent back there in the secondary. You know, a kid like uh, Parker Nall who helped kind of spearhead uh, Midway's uh, second half comeback against Kleino. First off, I don't know if you guys you know knew the uh, what happened with Midway last week. They were down 24 nothing at the half to Kleino, and then outscored them 28 to three over the final two quarters for a uh, pretty impressive comeback victory. And it all started with Parker Nall recovering a fumble, returning it for a touchdown, and I believe the first possession of the of the third quarter. And then later on in the game, he had a. Uh, he broke up a pass that resulted in a uh, in a game ceiling interception. So I mean, there's there's plenty of talent in Midway, and when you think of the offense at Midway, it starts with that running back of theirs, uh, James Fulbright, who uh, just wreaked all sorts of havoc on Saxy when he played them in the uh, in the second round. He had 208 yards rushing against them. They've got some pretty uh, pretty talented receivers. You know, Will Nixon is a three-star prospect. You know, you got guys like Deontay Thomas, DeMarcus DeGreat, who are there, and they'll stretch you too. I mean, it's even though a lot of the uh, a lot of the offense kind of funnels through uh, you know the physical Bruce style of, of Fulbright, you know, quarterback uh, quarterback Nick Jimenez is not afraid to uh, to try to stretch him deep. He had quite a few long completions in that during that comeback against Klein Oak as well. Um, they're I mean it's midway. They're the I mean they were the state they were the runner up last year at 6A Division two. Um, you know this is nothing new for them as far as you know making these you know competing in these high profile playoff games. They uh, you know they started off the year on a uh, on a bit of a rocky note. They got rolled by 30 points by Trinity. And then they uh, they've grinded into form ever since. They won 11 straight. You know, by uh, let's see, what did they? Uh, I had it written down somewhere. They um, yeah, they've, they've won 11 straight games by an average of 26.3 points. So it's mm. just it's just typical midway. So I'm I'm anticipating a, I'm anticipating a good game. I'm anxious to kind of see how uh, how Allen bounces back from mm-hmm. you know from last week's performance. Coach Gamble really stressed you know the need to limit big plays. You know there weren't many allowed against the Woodlands. I, mean, I believe there were uh, you know three plays of at least 38 yards at the Woodlands had that you know keyed a couple of their scoring drives, but that's more than you know than you'd expect Allen's right. defense to allow. Um, and then just capitalizing on the opportunities afforded to the offense. You know, Allen had to punt three times against the Woodlands, which is which doesn't sound like much, but when you're Allen, mm-hmm. you know, if, if they punt, well, they didn't, they didn't punt once against Rockwall. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a week prior, so. It's um, I don't know. I'm like I said. I historically this is a part of the playoffs where you know Allen you know goes back up a notch and just kind of steamrolls folks. You know since 2012, their average margin of victory in the fourth round is 19.8 points. Mm-hmm. But when you look at kind of the stylistic profile of Midway and how it compares to a team that just gave Allen a you know a pretty mm-hmm. pretty good tussle in the Woodlands, now obviously Allen's had some time to you know go back over the film, maybe find some areas where they can correct certain things. So who knows? You might get a, a, a you'd expect a, a better effort on Saturday from Allen. But I do at least think there is a template there for this to be a a close game. I'm thinking if I I mean obviously I'm going to pick Allen because like we just went over with Alito, it's just one of those teams that I just can't pick against until I'm given reason to do so. Um, but I think this is a game. That's probably going to be decided in kind of the seventeen to fourteen point ballpark. Yeah, so. I think the key for me is. I mean, obviously, I also took Allen, mm-hmm. but I think the key for me is how Allen, as you mentioned, reacts to two weeks in a row now of I don't know if you want to call them scares or, or what, but competitive football yeah. when you don't see that all year. So it's either you know, is it that that Allen is is down? I don't think so. I think they enjoy it personally. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like it, I, I don't think th- there's two paths. Either Allen is is not quite as good as we all think, mm-hmm. and, and they're going to be competitive from here on out, or you know, these two weeks in a row are going to wake up the Allen playoff beast and and they're finally going to be like okay we've had a taste of being competitive let's not do that anymore let's come out and, and be Allen again and and you know take care of business and and beat down on Wake Midway coaches old school all yada 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 but it's 
I think that path is far more likely. I, I mean, I hope it's a good game. I hope Midway um, gives them a good game. I, I, I mean, I always like to see competitive football, but at the same time, it's you wonder if these last two weeks have kind of re-energized Allen and, and kind of put mm-hmm. them back on a path of, you know, let's quit messing around and, and, and let's kind of get back to what we were doing before and, and get back to putting some of these games away a little bit. Because it is not going to get any easier no. when you look at if Allen is able to get by midway, the potential for either South, South Lake team that is just scorching hot or yep. Duncanville, which, you know, I know Allen fans have brought that team up more than yep. once in, in leading up to the uh, to the postseason. And then obviously the, you know, the potential for a North Shore matchup or mm-hmm. Judson or any of those beasts down South. So it'll, we'll see. It should be a fun one. But obviously got to take care of business first on uh, on Saturday. And yeah, that's a, uh, that's a a quick look at um and yeah two of uh, two of the juicy state uh, state quarterfinal matchups that we got on our coverage docket for uh, for this week. Obviously, we've been talking plenty of uh, plenty of football over the months, dating all the way back to I believe August. And uh, but nevertheless, yeah, just to get to this point. But um, as football season starts to wind down, you know, uh, basketball season is indeed ramping up. We've got some districts that are about to start uh, district play soon. Although, if you're Frisco, I guess I mean they're almost halfway through their district schedule. It yeah, seems they're already like. almost done. <laughs> so um, yeah, but nevertheless, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit of basketball, and that is where our student athletes. Spotlight centers for this week is uh, Taylor. You swung by Plano West uh, Wednesday morning to talk with their uh, standout point guard, Jaden mm-hmm. Owens, a uh, five-star player committed to UCLA. About um, you know Plano West bid for redemption this season and Owens' growth as a as a point guard. And yeah, we will see what Jaden Owens had to say after a word from the sponsor. Let's take a quick break to talk about ATD painting. Whether it's painting, staining, carpentry, residential, commercial, interior, or exterior, ATD painting has you covered. They have four locations in the Metroplex, including Plano and Louisville. You can call 972-694-8888 for more information, or you can visit their website at atdpainting.com. That is ATD painting. Check it out to see just how affordable professional painting can be. And now, let's get back to the podcast. How's it going, everybody? This is Taylor Raglan out here at Plano West with senior point guard Jaden Owens. Uh, Jaden, the big question, I guess, is, you know, first-year head coach and, and Chris Grassi. obviously she's been around the program as an assistant, so you guys are familiar with her. But, you know, how have things kind of changed, and, and how has uh, the first part of the season been under Coach Grassi? Um, honestly, our energy is all there. I feel like we're all bought into her. She's a great coach. She has lots of history playing with Kentucky. So we, she knows what she's talking about, and we have so much respect for her. So I feel like all of this energy, everybody's bought in. So we've started off great. We're, well, I think 10-2. and two, So we've lost two games, which have been two great teams. But we're handling it really well, especially with Coach Grassi. Have you guys changed anything uh, mechanically or, or maybe culture-wise under her? Um, I feel like she's just made it to more where we're playing for each other. It's not just we're here playing, yeah, we're playing for the team that's on our chest and that name, but we're also playing for each other. So it makes us so much more brought in and playing together, not wanting to let each other down. You speak of you know playing for, for the name on the chest and, and playing for West. Obviously, kind of a rare down year for you guys last season. So, mm-hmm. you know, especially being a senior, how important is it to you to, to kind of get back and, and remake kind of the name for Plano West basketball and, and get back to what you guys do? Um, I would say it's really important to me because I know I played with my sister, Callie, which, when I was a freshman, and we were doing really good. And then we just kind of went downhill a little bit. So I just want to make sure senior year I bring us back up and then we get going from there and have our great run again as West. 
What do you think you guys have to do this year to to make it back to the postseason? Obviously, a really strong district. You know, star players everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, defending state champion in Plano, and and a lot of girls uh, coming back for a lot of different teams. So, what do you guys feel like you have to do, and, and how do you feel like you have to play night in and night out to make the postseason? Honestly, I feel like if we just give it our all every night and play together, that's we're unstoppable. We have some great girls on this team, and when we play together, I believe we're unstoppable, and we're definitely making playoffs this year. So, once we get together, play together, we'll be good for sure. One of the things that you know people note about about nine six A is, like I said, the star power, and mm-hmm. pretty much every team has at least one girl that's you know nationally ranked or going to a big school, and obviously you know you with with your recent signing and all that good stuff. So, you know, how have you guys kind of focused on on really distributing the ball and, and kind of getting scoring from up and down the lineup and, and not making it just about you know one player? Um, I honestly think just focusing on what we all bring to the table, like. Yeah, we have great players in this district, but everybody brings something to the table. Like, I have Morgan Smith, crazy nice shooter. Like, not much talked about her, but she gets the job done. Navi, she gets the job done. She's aggressive. Amaya, our sophomore, she gets so much done. It's just, we don't have high, like, well-known names, but they get the job done. So we don't really focus on a five-star, oh, UCLA commit, Baylor commit. We focus on, if we can get the job done, that's all we need. You mentioned Morgan, Navi, Amaya, kind of names that, you know, you, you mentioned kind of being underrated or not talked about, mm-hmm. but but some of the names that people know about you guys. Has yeah. anybody kind of jumped out at you or surprised you early on this season? Um, honestly, they all have. It's really hard to choose one. I know Morgan just went for, like, I think, how many threes she went off in a game. Like, that's one thing. She's really not surprising because I know what she's capable of, but I'm just happy she's, happy she's stepping up. They're all stepping up to the table. We have young people, but then we also have a lot of old people on the team. So the younger ones are stepping up, and that's what I'm proud of. Katie playing defense. Like, we have those little ones that are stepping up, and that's really what's bringing us together. Does that mix of old and new kind of help you know that, you know, after you leave and, and you go off to the next level to play college ball, um, you know, the program's still be in good hands? Yeah, for sure. Especially with Grossi and Coach Hurst, I know that they're in good hands, so that's not a doubt to me. It's just having the young ones understand that you have to buy in to be successful, and I think that's for sure what they're learning this year. You know, you're kind of the opposite of, uh, of the young ones around here. You've obviously played on varsity your whole career. Uh, this is your last season. So how have you seen your game kind of change and mature? And, and what are you focusing on um, as you enter your last uh, your last season with West? Um, honestly, just me being a point guard, it's not about scoring to me. So it's allowed me to grow as a point guard individually, just understanding, getting my team involved. It's not about me scoring a certain amount of points. It's about how many assists can I get in this game and how many, much can I make them better and have them get the shots that they need. So I think I've just grown as a point guard and understanding what my team needs and serving them rather than myself with district uh coming up pretty soon what are you most excited about um honestly getting payback we struggled last year in district we started to go downhill so i honestly believe that us getting some wins that we know we deserve to get is what i'm looking forward to awesome well thank you Jaden. uh that's all out here from plano west with senior point guard Jaden owens uh the second half of the podcast is coming right up we'll talk some more uh girls basketball on star oak media thank you Thanks again to Jaden Owens for taking the time to chat with Taylor for our student-athlete spotlight. And with that, uh, yeah, let's dip our toes in some basketball for the first time and uh, probably since the, uh, since the state tournament back in March. It's been a, it's been a hot minute, and uh, boy, what a way to, uh, to dive into basketball coverage. We're going to focus on, uh, on some girls' basketball for this back half of the podcast because uh, those districts are going to start up. If they haven't started already this week, then they're going to get rolling on Tuesday, and that is the case with, um, with the district that, at the very least, if you're going to look over a state poll you know if you take any stock in what rankings say you'd be hard-pressed to find a district that is more loaded right now i don't think you can than nine six like i said at the top i don't think you can it's unbelievable as of the most recent edition of the texas association of basketball coach rankings five teams from this district are in the top 25 five teams 
four teams are going to make the playoffs. Yeah. So it is conceivable that right now, if the playoffs begin this very moment, one of the 25 best teams in 6A would not get in. You have Prosper at number 24. They have a five-star player in Jordan <laughs> Oliver, committed to Baylor since her freshman year, mm-hmm. and they could potentially miss the playoffs. It's insane. Yeah. And Plano East, who is ranked, I believe, number six. Is yeah, yeah. Right? You've got the rankings in front of you, Brian. Just like, just rehash. Where is everybody in this district ranked so, right now? Allen, number three. Plano East, number six. Plano, number 10. So that's three teams in one district mm-hmm. in the top 10. Uh, and then you have Plano West at 21, Prosper at 24. I have a feeling those are going to fluctuate yeah, and all over McKinney the place. McKinney unranked, but beat Plano East. So, <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's literally top to bottom. It makes no sense. Some, uh, some quick math. There's um, There are only seven teams in this district. So, yes, five out of seven teams in the district. That is 71.4% of this district is state ranked. It is it is an embarrassment of riches in this district. And there's and a four-star or five-star player on almost all of them. Just about, right? the yeah. yeah. I mean, those five teams that you listed all yeah. essentially have one. It's uh, You know, I said it over the summer when we were talking about um, uh, about girls' basketball. There is, you know, 9-6-A is loaded in all sports mm-hmm. just because of the caliber of these programs. But when you look at just pound-for-pound pound, which sport has the most star power, mm-hmm. just top-shelf elite athlete star power, Girls basketball, I think, takes the cake because, like you just said, we're not talking about just some of the best players in the state. Mm-hmm. The freaking country are in yeah. this district, yeah. and yep. that's like it's going to make for so many just juicy matchups once you get really into the into the nitty gritty of this district because you're going to have some of the best players in the country going head to head each night out. And if I'm just trying to think of like because we had to do our district predictions, oh my god, earlier this week, and as we do as is customary for all the nine six a sports right on the uh, on the heels of district play starting we all collaborate we predict what we think are going to be the final standings of the uh, in the district then we average those ballots out nice little consensus rankings and i don't know about you guys i mean i feel like you said the same thing back in volleyball but this was mm-hmm. such an ice cream headache because there is no configuration of teams in this district no order of finish that would shock me no yeah no, yeah, and it, it's honestly, I think it's harder than volleyball. Because mm. volleyball, I feel like there was maybe at least a bigger cut. Like Plano West, Prosper, um, you know, McKinney even jumped up there, but mm. nobody really had McKinney, and that's the kind of thing that can shock you in 96A. But there was a little bit of an elite cut, and then really good teams mm. like Plano, and then maybe some of the, the teams that we figured would be either rebuilding or, mm. or hampered by injury in Allen. But in basketball, it's literally like almost one through seven. Could be we know what we're getting with basketball. We know that they're all elite. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't know about much about McKinney Boyd, but you know, at least five or six of these teams are elite. Volleyball, like you said, we had no idea about McKinney, and they kind of mm-hmm. shocked some folks. Prosper ended up winning the district. I don't see Prosper winning this district, obviously, just because yeah. I think Allens and the 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 Planos are just that good. But I, I mean, I have no idea. I know some of y'all picked Prosper not to make the playoffs. Y'all did that in volleyball too, <laughs> or I know Kendrick or someone did. Um, yeah, I mean, who's going to be the odd team out? I, I mean, I think the one thing that that it seems like we have a little bit of a consensus on, and this is by no way, in no way, an indictment of McKinney Boyd as like a terrible program. I think we they're we just kind in of, the wrong district. I, exactly. Like, yeah. I think we kind of as a as a group picked them to finish in seventh, but that doesn't mean that they're a bad program. Yeah. It just means that look ahead of you and. And look at what there is. I mean, all six teams except for McKinney Boyd have a case to either be ranked or are ranked. So yeah. it's 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 just tough to imagine that any of those six teams play bad enough to end up in seventh. But like I said, that's no that's not an indictment of the Lady Broncos. It's just it's insane how 
how good this district is. I think that if you're just going to look at how this district could play out, and I'm not even talking about which team could finish above somebody else, but as far as one of the key intangibles in this district, you know, the, as far as we mentioned, you know, all of the, the star power, let's just quickly go down some of the names. Mm-hmm. You just mentioned Jordan Oliver, who already has a 50-plus point game on a, on a resume. Against Cedar Park, Vista Ridge, he dropped 52 points in an overtime game. That's I mean, insane. You're not going to find, I mean, there are a lot of times when just teams, period, don't score at least 50 points. Yep. <laughs> and to note, Two summers ago, she played on the U16 USA Women's National Team mm-hmm. in South America. So she's, you know, she <laughs> she knows what she's doing on the yes. basketball court, to say the least. We just mentioned Jaden Owens over at Plano yep. West. You know, one of the top one of the top point guards in the country coming to the UCLA. You've got Allen has Nia Green back in the fold. Nia Green, who played her freshman year at Allen, transferred to Bishop Lynch for a couple seasons. She's now back and she can rack up thirty in a heartbeat. She's committed to Louisville and a uh, a six you know a, a six what I believe six one six two, but. She can handle the ball very well, has got some shooting range, very, very crafty off the dribble, just a, a nightmare to guard. Um, you know, she's she's back in the fold, and then you've got Tavi Diggs, the reigning district MVP out of 6-6A, as good a post player as you'll find in this district. She's committed to TCU, and then um, with Plano, you have their stud junior, Jordan Merritt, who's one of the top, you know, 2000, uh, 2020 prospects mm-hmm. in, the, uh, in, in the country, and, and a do-it-all type player who was one of the, who really kind of, you know, emerged as the go-to scorer on a plan of team that won a state championship last year. I mean, it's mm-hmm. and and that's not even to, to, to leave out a player like Aaron Fry mm-hmm. in, in McKinney, who's already had you know numerous twenty-plus point games on her ledger. She's having to take on a huge role this year with their stud seniors from last season having graduated, and she's been up to the task so far. So I think what you're looking at is that like from a sheer skill standpoint, there's not a massive like gap between mm-hmm. a lot of these top shelf prospects, and on most nights, you almost wonder if they're just going to cancel each other out. Yeah. So it really kind of it really kind of makes you think that you know what's going to make the difference in a lot of these games could very well be the role players. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which team gets more out of their bench? Which team has the best secondary scoring option? I mean, just little things like that. Because while the marquee might be you know Owens versus Oliver, mm-hmm. vice versa and whatnot, but I, I do think just I mean you're going to get a lot of nights where these players are just kind of expected to go out and get their twenty to thirty a game, and yeah. it's a question of now okay where else, where's yeah. the rest of the well, offense coming from? For me, it's how those players leverage. What's yeah. around them too, because it's easy to fall in the trap, especially you know when when you're a great athlete and you're competing against another elite athlete, mm-hmm. whether you mean to or not. There's almost a little bit of like like one upism going on in that game, oh, yeah. whether you intend it to be or not. So it's it's it literally might come down to on any given night which of these stars can kind of put that on the back burner, like you said, get their twenty to twenty five points and and have their night, but also really leverage what's around them. Um, you know, play a better brand of team basketball and, and not just, you know, kind of isolate themselves and, and get caught up in the the whirlwind of, okay, which, you know, five-star recruit am I am I head-to-head with mm-hmm. tonight? So it's it's going to be interesting every single time out, though. It's it's crazy. Because there's definitely some bragging rights. You oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and yeah. it, you, you talk about the, the, the star power and the recruits and, and how good these players are, but there's also the rivalry undertones mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, you know, Diggs and Owens. Like, it's it's yeah. Plano East for Plano West. Like, there's there's so many different levels to this district and to how this shapes up and so many different angles of, of attack and, and how to cover this district. And it's it's going to be crazy. It's 
it's all up in the air right now, it feels like. And there are so many unique subplots to a lot of these teams, too. You know, you look over those state rankings, and, I mean, you know, Allen is, you know, Al- as high as Allen is, but they just lost their, arguably their second-best player, mm-hmm. arguably their top defender, Tyler Jackson, to a knee injury back in their tournament, you know, a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, their host tournament. You know, and she's going to be out for quite some time, so you wonder how that just kind of recalibrates mm-hmm. their, their perceived ceiling in this district, because they were, I think, coming into the season, the expected favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we all, you know, spoiler alert, we, um, you know, we all think we're unanimous in picking Allen to win the district, but uh, by no means do I feel confident in that pick because no. yeah. it's just—I mean, who knows? Who knows what kind of impact that's going to have you know, as you get further into the uh, into the district schedule? Because I mean, Tyler Jackson is—you know—just got she's got varsity experience. She again, mm-hmm. she can contribute on both ends of the floor. And you know, when you look at just how strong a lot of these perimeter players in this district are, having a player like that that you can comfortably okay go guard Jordan yeah. Oliver, go guard Jay Owens, to not have that bullet in your chamber—that matters. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm anxious to see what Plano East can do. A Plano East team that I don't know how much how much they were on our radar at the start mm-hmm. of the season, just because you know I mean we you I mean you knew what you were getting out, getting out of a, out of Tabby Diggs, but you know it felt like there was you knew that I had heard through the grapevine that they were going to have some pretty promising underclassmen yeah. coming up, and it's no surprise to look on that roster and see that they have a lot of freshmen, a lot of yep. freshmen, a lot of underclassmen who were contributing early on, and they've had just an an incredible start. Yeah. I believe are they the highest ranked of all the uh, of all the present teams in this district right now? Plano East? No, Allen. Allen. Allen is, Allen, okay. They're right under Allen, though, at number six. number six. I mean, still, number six. Like, yeah. at the start of the year, who yep. would have thought the Plano East heading into the district? I think they're like 13-1. Who would be number yeah. six in the state. And you wonder, you know, how will that, will that youth, will it grow up as mm-hmm. the season goes along? Or what happens when a little bit of adversity hits? Because we've seen teams in the past, these kind of these youngish teams in the district, you know, a team like the Plano West Boys, mm-hmm. you know, a team like that, which has all of its roster back last year. But that was a roster that last season was, uh, was kind of going through the bumps and bruises mm-hmm. of district. Play. They started yeah. off the year really hot, and then um, you know, hit a bit of a speed bump there during the district, and the play kind of dovetailed a bit. So you mm-hmm. wonder if this East team can maintain that momentum. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of promise on the East side of Plano for sure. Yeah, I would say so, and and I think it kind of yeah. goes back to what I was saying. It's it's digs really kind of facilitating a lot, both yeah. on the court and off, because that's the one thing you talk to you know Coach Morris over there, and and it's it's a I think I literally put it in my headline of their preview. It's a healthy mix of mm-hmm. old and new because you have Diggs back, you have Kendall Parker back, who uh, I think was the second leading scorer to Diggs last yeah. season. She's only a sophomore, but they've already got you know a rapport kind of established, and you have that pair back. You get Nina Ritchie back, who's a senior. Uh, was injured for most of last season, and then you start a point guard that's a freshman in Kayla Cooper. So, yeah. so yeah, it's it's going to come down to what do players like Cooper do when oh oh crap that's Jordan Oliver oh crap that's Jordan Merritt you know yeah. this is a different level than you know the teams we've been playing so far. But at the same time, it seems like that mix is kind of what it's going to take to succeed in this district. It's going to take you know people like Tabby Diggs and then also people like Kayla Cooper and some form of buy-in from you know the younger players. Um, you know, learning from the older players, the older players kind of distributing to the younger players, and, and uh, uh, like I said, a healthy mix of mm-hmm. old and new, which is what has worked clearly to East advantage. You know, thus far, we could go on about this district for a long time, but <laughs> you know, hey, for the for the record, though, if you want to check out our district predictions, you can go to our website at starlocalmedia.com and see uh, see how we all voted. Um, let's quickly, before we round out, Brian, you know, we mentioned Frisco ISD on yeah. the on the back end. I mean, Frisco that. Uh, 
I mean, so what is how, first off? How far into the district schedule are we so far? They played three district games so far. Okay, already. so essentially a, a week yeah. and a half. Yeah, and that's hey, that's the nature of a ten-team district. And yeah. you wonder how much the abbreviated you know non-district schedule plays into how some of these teams are looking out of the gates. What is um? Yeah, I mean, are you seeing that kind of affect the level of play? What are your initial no. reads so far on just the first week and a half of this uh, the ten-team Frisco district? Maybe on the guys' side, but that we'll save that for another podcast because mm-hmm. I saw Frisco upset Frisco Liberty last night in boys in overtime yeah. but on the girls side you know it's it's pretty clear cut who the top teams in that district are mm-hmm. already uh, Lone Star Liberty and Centennial Centennial I'm really impressed with them I saw them play Independence last week a uh, team they had trouble beating twice last year they demolished them they took Lone Star to overtime mm-hmm. and lost last night but still Centennial a team that was 8-6 and six last year wasn't even con- competitive against the likes of Liberty and Lone Star last year and they take them to overtime granted Lone Star doesn't have Mallory Adams anymore you know the district MVP who's now one of the best players on San Diego State mm-hmm. as just a freshman she's breaking all kinds of freshman record so you know her leaving kind of opens up the door will it be liberty taking you know regaining that that top spot uh where they were a couple years ago when they had jordan hamilton and rebecca leske uh but they look good they return you know almost their entire team you know Alyssa nyer randy thompson who very well could be the district mvp now mm-hmm. um she looked great last night against frisco they she outscored frisco on her own oh no <laughs> liberty beat frisco 60 to 17 randy thompson had 18 points oh wow and they weren't playing most of the game uh, Kaylin Lay is a terrific point guard for Frisco Liberty. Uh, you know, they just they bring Kelsey Kurek mm-hmm. is a very underrated player. I talked to uh, head coach Ross Reedy uh, a little bit after the game, and he was telling me, "Hey, I was like, hey, who's who's district MVP? Who do who, who, is Randy Thompson? Is she a lock?" And you know, he was just kind of just joking around with me, and he said, "Watch out for Kelsey Kurek." And Kelsey Kurek is a very underrated player on this uh, on this team. She'll. She'll guard the opposing team's best player, and she'll bang down low. So I think Liberty can can give Lone Star a run for their money. Like I said, Centennial is up there as well. Independence has a really, really big player, freshman, okay. six-foot uh, kid. I'm blanking on her name right now, but when I saw her play, it was obviously my first time seeing her. She's yeah. a freshman, and she's she's a beast. She, she will be uh, good for quite some time. So I don't know. It's safe to say those three teams, Centennial, Liberty, and Lone Star, will be the, the cream of the crop. I don't know, maybe an Independence and maybe a... I don't know. Maybe Memorial. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Memorial first year program. They already have a win under their belts. Mm-hmm. Who knows? It's it's going to be it's going to be fun. That ten team district especially. So <laughs> yes, ten team district. Yeah. I, can't, I can't even imagine what it's like to keep up with that. That's nah, not fun. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a blast. And yeah, that is a I say it's a cursory look at some of the early early happenings in uh, in some girls basketball action. Obviously, we will hit the you know, the rest of our markets in plenty of detail in the in the weeks to come. But just wanted to dip our toes in the girls basketball waters a bit with district play about to start in earnest for most of our schools. And yeah, that'll uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Taylor. Brian. <laughs> I got it right this time. Guys, appreciate y'all for tagging along. Folks, appreciate y'all for giving this a watch. Uh, hey, you enjoy your weekend, and we will talk to y'all later. Thanks for checking out this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast, brought to you by Performance Food Group. They deliver more than 150,000 food and related products to customers all across the country. Their McKinney office is currently hiring Class A CDL drivers, order selectors, and many other entry and part-time positions. For more information, you can visit their website at pfgc.com careers, or you can call 214-491-3130. That is Performance Food Group located in McKinney at 500 Metro Park Drive. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than starlocaljobs.com.
Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.